The 8 o'clock hour is underway. I want to tell you about Mark Miller being our title sponsorship. DJ and PK in the morning is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. And I am brought to you because our next guest has seen to it to employ me. Because without him, I'm nothing. Good morning, Scott, Scott Gerard. Good morning, PK. How are you? I am doing great. I owe all my success, whatever limited amount that I've had, to Scott R. Gerard. It's actually H. <laughs> Scotty H.G.? <laughs> yeah, how about that? No name, uh, just an initial. What my I... parents didn't love me. My oh, parents really? didn't love me enough to give me a middle name. It's just an uh, initial. Well, they knew you had some big things in store later on where that initial was going to come in handy. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got two sisters, and one is named Patty, and I'm my father. I'm a junior, so we took the name Pat and derivatives thereof and ran with it in three of the five. Wow. And we have middle, init- we have middle names, uh, but my other sister does not have a middle name. They didn't give her a middle name. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So that's crazy. Yeah, so she's, I guess they forgot. I don't know. Of course, she's very different from us. She's smart. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is she the, uh, super, the, uh, the uh, super, well, what was it? Uh, she was um, uh, a principal, administrator. Principal, yeah, there you and go. Then she worked for the school district and yada, yada. Yeah, she has her doctorate. And speaking of, you know, I don't like to get into controversial topics with you, but what do you think of the controversy regarding uh, Joe Biden's wife when she was a doctor and put the DR before her name, you know, and it wasn't a medical doctor. And you remember around December, that was uh, controversial. You know, if you recall, you know, where do you stand on that? So um, jazz looked good last night. I thought that was a nice win. No, Cleveland's not anything worth chatting about, but hey, you ran him out of the building. That's the most important thing. I'd rather chat about Steve Cleveland or the <laughs> uh, golf equipment, the Cleveland golf equipment, than the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> Agreed. Although I'd rather talk more about that than, uh, than, uh, than anything politics. I've already got my hand slapped too many times on that. So. Oh, yeah. Keep my mouth shut. Oh, oh, yeah. What is this, the big show? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, Gordon Mons is going to join me tomorrow as DJ is taking a couple of days off. <laughs> my sister told me she did get a uh, Christmas card from somebody who was uh, quite upset about all the goings-on, and this person was right-leaning, and... Um, so and this guy wrote a letter and he was complaining about all this stuff and he included the doctor thing. And so my sister's man threw the thing card in the mail and said, we're not sending him a card back. And I said, no, you fool. You should have sent the card back and made sure you signed it. Dr. Janet. <laughs> she goes, that's a great idea. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> Come on. You got to put those Jersey roots to good work. Yes. You know, you yes. 
You just don't ignore somebody. You get the payback and make it right. Count. Yeah, I know, and I, I'm surprised, you know, because she has more jersey in her than me. Because she didn't yeah. move out to Arizona until she was in her 20s. I moved out when I was 13 years old. My two sisters were much older when they moved out. Uh, they were married and adults. I was a child because I'm way yeah. younger than both of them. So uh, she said, "Yeah, I should have done that." I said, "Yeah, that's the funny part. That would have been hilarious." So. The doctor thing on that. There you go. All right. Wanted to bring you on to talk to you about Utah State. Now, uh, Hartwell did some media stuff yesterday, and there was some talk that uh, as of Friday during the day, this wasn't looking like it was going to happen. Could you take us through that timeline? So, and it's interesting because it kind of lines up with, with what I had heard, because on Friday, you know, there's some rumblings going on. And so I actually said on the show, because I talked to people that, up at Utah State that said it wasn't happening, that uh, Craig Smith was going to stay at Utah State. And so I had, uh, and I kind of relayed that a little bit on the air. I didn't come strong and say he wasn't coming, but I had heard from a lot of people up there that uh, Craig Smith had given some assurances that that he was not going to go to uh he was not going to take the University of Utah job if it was offered. Um, the uh, and and yesterday on our show and later in a press conference, John Hartwell said the same thing. He said, "Hey, look, they told us at three o'clock that nothing was happening, and then at nine o'clock it was done." But he also said that there, he doesn't think there was anything nefarious going on. That it was just once you know whether it was Johnny Bryant or whoever said no, that it was ultimately uh, that, uh, that 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 the spotlight that went on on Craig Smith and Craig decided not to take it so or Craig decided to take it so to take it, yeah. that's the timeline he got he doesn't think it was anything over the top bad but that's that's where he's at well there's some things going on involved there obviously that I think part of it is Craig Smith knew he had a good situation in Logan so you don't just don't uh, leave uh, on a whim that you have to give it some serious consideration there so that possibly could be one and then uh, I'm not naive enough to know, uh, to not think that uh, potentially more cash. Yeah, for sure. Nothing and, wrong and with I that. Agree with, no, no, there's nothing wrong with that. And by the way, I agree with John. I think that at the end of the day, um, Craig, you know, Craig at that point didn't think he was leaving. Like, I don't think anything was, was you know, underhanded or anything like that. I just think things went really quickly. And there may have been some conversations and, Probably there was something said that said, hey, look, we really think that, you know, this guy's going to take the job. Um, so, you know, if he does, we're going to go in that direction. And then when they found out he wasn't, you know, what Johnny Bryan or whoever didn't take the job, then it was uh, then it was Craig's job. And look, the, the money is too was too good. I mean, you and I would have done the same thing. Oh, yeah, I don't have any problem with that. Uh, each person has got to make his or her own decisions on that, and those are tough decisions to be made. And if you can drive up the salary, now we had a, you and I exchange some communication over the weekend, and the more I thought about it, the more it made sense. A little bit of the Kyle Whittingham way back when, going back 16, 17 years, at 8 o'clock at night, he was not taking the Utah job. He was taking the BYU job. And that had been uh, reported, and at that time it was accurate. And yeah. I, I had spoke to Mr. Whittingham that night, and you could tell that it was weighing on him big time. 
And then uh, three hours later or so, he decides he's taking that job at Utah. And clearly, he made the right decision. I think that's where his heart was, and that's where he belonged. And so he decided to stay and be elevated from D coordinator to head coach. And he's going to retire as the winningest coach in Utah history. So obviously, he made the right decision. Uh, remains to be seen if Craig Smith did. Uh, I listened to all of his stuff on Saturday. And I found that uh, typical Craig Smith, man. He said, <laughs> I, think, I, I think we got a good nucleus. I'm saying, well, wait a second. That nucleus got Larry Kostowiak fired. And that nucleus is losing Allen and Plummer. So I'm not sure yeah. they have a good nucleus. But I also think that this program, and I covered that program in the 90s, they need to have all sorts of enthusiasm back into the program. And so that's why I think Smith was an excellent choice by Mark Harlan. You were on the front line, so to speak, of that enthusiasm and the job that Craig Smith did speak to that as far as being able to get that program and get everybody in Logan excited about it. Well, and that's what I, uh, I tweeted that out when, when it came out. Look, there's, I can't guarantee Utah fans Pac-12 wins. I can't guarantee you NCAA tournament trips because I, I don't know how that transition is going to go from a win-loss standpoint. But what I can guarantee you is what we've seen already, that he'll win the press conference. He'll bring a ton of enthusiasm. Uh, he'll have that same kind of energy that, uh, and again, I'm not drawing the comparisons in terms of wins and losses, but he's got that same kind of Urban Meyer-esque, especially in the early 2000s when Urban was at Utah, where he's going to do everything he can to put butts in the seats and bring a certain level of excitement and energy back to that program where he wants that Huntsman Center to be rocking. He wants that student section to be great like he used to be. And he's going to do everything in his power to help make it happen. That's the kind of guy he is. Um, he's, he's a ball of energy. Uh, he'll go out and meet anybody at any Kiwanis club or whatever he needs to do to make sure that there's excitement to that program. Uh, and that's, that's what you can count on with him. He's incredible working with the media. Uh, He's he's great trying to get the image and the excitement back to a program. And I think that's, I think you hit it on the head. I think the way Utah needs initially right now is some level of excitement, not just some, here we go again, you know, and I love Relayer Kaskoviak. I think he's a great guy as well um, and a great person, but you need somebody who's going to do everything in his power to promote that program. That's what Craig Smith's going to bring initially. Scott Gerard, who is the play-by-play broadcaster for uh, Utah State football and basketball, joining us here. You also hear him from 10 to 2 on the zone with Hans Olsen. I, I want to talk to you about the recruiting aspect of it because recruiting is a big deal, and uh, Alex Markham of Rivals re- uh, reported that he's bringing back uh, Slocum, who was down at UNLV, used to be at Utah as an assistant coach, and those guys have a history together. It was a uh, in Colorado, they had it uh, somewhere along the line. Anyway, that's one of these the places. Uh, one of the staff uh, spots is going to be filled. Yeah. As far as recruiting goes, uh, you know, he had uh, good teams, great teams. He brought in Cada, right? He recruited Cada yeah. yeah. to Utah State. Uh, the nucleus of a program that went to the NCAA's three years and they didn't go last year, but they had won it, so they were going to go. Uh, there was no tournament. Uh, who was he responsible for bringing in, and who did he inherit? Well, obviously the big one he inherited was Sam Merrill, uh, Quinn Taylor, um, 
you know, uh, Abel Porter. Um, you know, those are the guys that uh, got in there the first year with Kata. Uh, and then after that, uh, you look at, uh, I think he's brought in really a couple of really good pieces on this year's team, although super young. You know, I think uh, you, you look at the uh, uh, the overseas players that he brought, um, Sheeman Sapala, you're not, you know, we only saw just a brief moment of, but, but they anticipate he'll be good. Max Scholga is another international player they're really excited about. They got some time. Um, but, the, you know, obviously a heavy, heavy dose over the, at least the first two years uh, were, were Tim Durier and, and even, you know, Sam Merrill is even a Stu Morrill guy. Uh, that's how far back he went uh, with the mission and everything. So, you know, the questions are right. I mean, and I think it's, it's, it's valid about, you know, what did he do on, you know, with players that, that he brought in and your initial thought was always going to go to Namish Keita. That was going to be the guy that he brought. And, and the lead recruiter on that's Eric Peterson, who I anticipate here in the next two days is going to be announced on that staff at the University of Utah. I'm, I'm uh, 99% sure Eric Peterson is going to end up at the University of Utah. So with him and Slocum, and, you know, Petey was a guy that went to Portugal and pretty much lived there for a month to make sure that they got Namiya Keita. So he's a tremendous uh, recruiter, especially on the international scene. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm fairly certain you're going to hear him announces at University of Utah uh, on, that, on that staff as well. So, uh, you know, I, we didn't really get a chance to see a lot of what he could do recruiting, but by all accounts, it sounds like, you know, he'll, he'll knock it out of the park. Okay, he's going to have to. I mean, you can bring all the enthusiasm yep. in the world, but you got to have players. I mean, it's just 100% right. Yep. And, and that's uh, one thing we've one thing, learned. One thing with him, though, he's really particular on recruits. And um, there were a few transfers that he had a chance to bring in um, this last off season and he just didn't feel like it was right. And, okay. you know, so, so he's very particular on his locker room. He wants to make sure that the locker room sound, he doesn't want to bring in um, players that just don't seem to fit. You know, there was a player that uh, was Southern Utah's best player this year, Torian Knight um, or John Knight, excuse me, who uh, led Southern Utah in scoring. He started at Utah state right. and just didn't quite fit. And uh, then he transferred to Southern Utah, and he's had a tremendous career. That's a that's a Craig Smith recruit right there. So you know he's very particular with locker room. If he doesn't feel like it's a good fit locker room wise, then he's probably going to try to move on from a player. So we can say he has the second best locker room in America. Sure. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know who has the first, don't you? Uh, it'd be the Jazz, right? No, be Mark Pope. He says that all the time. Best oh, locker yeah. room in America. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, so, Scott Gerard joining us. Uh, now we turn our attention to what's going to happen in Logan because they've got to get a basketball coach. And, you know, they've had a pretty good basketball tradition, too. And we've all been in the spectrum when that place is rocking. And, you know, great. Reminds me of uh, uh, what's the place? Dukes? What's their? Cameron. You know, Cameron it's very, yeah. yeah, it's not super big, but uh, it's a lot of student sex uh, support and uh, we get the community involved and you got a whale of a home court advantage. So there's a lot to sell for Utah State. Uh, what are your thoughts as far as where they're going? It's uh, a good question. I think that uh, John Hartwell keeps everything really close to the vest. I think the most obvious one out there that makes a lot of sense uh, is Tim Miles, and I think you covered Tim and saw him a little bit when yep. you were on oh, the basketball sure. beat. 
back yeah, in the day. Yeah. I think there's some I think there's some mutual interest there. He's been out of the game for a year or two after getting uh, let go at Nebraska. But Craig mm-hmm. Smith was on his staff at Colorado State and at, right. uh, and in Nebraska. So I think that's one that could be out there. Um, I think I would look at uh, Chris Burgess and uh, Cody Fuger. I think those are both two great options at BYU. Um, and then I think that there's, um, you know, some other, uh, the Eric Peterson thing. I think, uh, he's, he was, he was the lead assistant under Craig. And, uh, I think that he may have had some interest, but ultimately I think he's going to end up at the University of Utah. Like I said, I think that's going to be announced here in the next uh, day or two that he's going to University of Utah. So, um, I'd say Tim Miles probably, but, uh, knowing John Hartwell, he will announce somebody that you've never heard of. And then it will eventually be really good. So, I mean, he's knocked it out of the park with Craig Smith. The Gary Anderson thing, I don't think, was ultimately his call or something that direction he was really interested in going in initially when uh, bringing him back to Utah State. The Blake Anderson hire uh, has brought a lot of excitement to the program. Obviously, we don't know how that's going to be until we start playing some games here in the fall. But he's everywhere he's gone, he's made really good hires. And I think uh, hopefully he can do the, do the same again. So I listened to him. He was on with you guys and then uh, had some media availability. And one of the things that caught my ear when he was on with the media availability was talking about uh, how he's if he has to go through this every three or four years because he's hired a great coach, he's willing to do that as opposed to hiring an average coach and being okay for a decade. And so I thought about that, and it's like, all right, and sort of like what Chris Hill uh, would used to say at Utah was that if, if the guys are good, they're going to come after you and come after them, and that's just the way it is. Now, interestingly, you know, the only guy who left uh, was Urban. Uh, the other yeah. guys didn't leave, and Kyle's not leaving, uh, because, and I think in large part because he is a, a Utah guy. And, and knowing Kyle like I do, one of his greatest accomplishments, he's going to leave as the winningest coach in Utah football history. That's a given. But if you ask him, one of his greatest accomplishments that he's most proud of is that his four children all went to the same schools. Went grade school, junior high, high school. Uh, and then and I think they all went to the U of U, too, for that matter. And as a family guy, that matters a lot. And that weighed on him, and I think that helped in, in a large part keeping him local. Uh can Utah State find a balance in that way of getting somebody who really wants to be in Logan and that's where he's developed and made his life and put down his roots? Or does the pay prevent it in terms of, well, if they're really, really good, you, Stacy, uh, Craig Smith, these types of things, that's just what they're going to have to deal with? Well, I mean, you're going to have to – I mean, they had that essentially with Stu Morrill. Yes, they for did. a long time, and Stu won a ton of games, and I think Stu was kind of that Kyle Winningham um, belief that, you know, look, I just want to stay here, and, and he flirted, and I think, you know, Kyle Winningham, I think, had some opportunities, the Tennessee job, you know, what, eight, nine, ten years ago, so there's been some opportunities out there, but you've got to find that unique guy that is willing to stay there um, and and willing to embrace the community, and because, you know, it's it's a good community up there, but when you have a chance to double or triple your salary uh, doing the same work, uh, it's, it's hard to turn that down. So, yeah, it's going to take a unique person to take that. And I think, look, I think John Harwell's right. Like, look, if we're winning games, we're going to get phone calls and 
guys are going to move on. Matt Wells, you know, nearly tripled his salary. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know what would have happened if Kyle Whittingham stayed at Utah, but Utah was still in the Mountain West. And now he's, you know, now he's yeah, very yeah, yeah. well compensated in regards to everybody oh, else sure. in the country at the P5 yep. level. Yeah, but you know, would he have stayed the whole time had he they been in the Mountain West and they could only afford, yeah. you know, one point five, one point six million, and somebody comes in and says we're going to offer you four? I don't know. You know, it's right. it's it's, right. it's an interesting world Utah State's stuck in right now. That's an interesting point, Scott Gerard joining us. Yeah, when you think about that, the the he didn't he got a new job in a sense without moving and taking a new job <laughs> because of yeah. the change of uh, going from the Mountain West to the Pac twelve. Uh, uh, before we let you go, a couple of things. Do uh, you think that sometimes when coaches leave, there's fallout, players leave? We know Kate has already put his name in the draft, which is obvious to me. He's an NBA player as I watched him. I thought defensively he was just a beast this past season. So i got to believe there's a spot for him in the NBA somewhere. And so do you anticipate anybody taking off? And then what's the timeline to get a new coach in there? Well, um John Hartwell mentioned with us yesterday he wants it done by uh, mid to end of next week. And so he'll be at the Final Four this weekend um, where you know there's you know a yeah. bunch of – and I don't know what it's going to be like this year with the COVID, but there's always a lot of coaches floating around at the Final Four. So he wants to use that opportunity, I'm sure, to talk to some people. Um, so I think in the next you know eight, nine days, you're going to have a new coach at, uh, at Utah State. Um, as far as other players leaving, as of right now, and Kata, by the way, the Kata news wasn't related to Craig Smith. He was always going to leave, and he should. For sure. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. It was, it was the right thing to do for him right. and, and, and his point right now. Um, I, you know, as of right now, everybody's staying put. Um, Alfonso Anderson put his name in the portal, but he was always going to uh, try to uh, test the water somewhere else. That was you know a week or so before the Craig Smith news broke, so. As of right now, everybody's staying put. I got to imagine there'll be one or two, just because that's the way it always seems to go when you have a coaching change. But I don't. I would be surprised if it's a mass exodus of players going somewhere else. One other thing, I lied. Utah State and Utah. You think they can get a series going? Um, I don't think so. I, 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 I just don't think that's a priority for the University of Utah right now. And Utah State wants a home and home, and um, unless. Uh, and I think that, you know, I don't know what, what has spurred that. Um, if I'm Craig Smith, I don't know if I really want to go up to the Spectrum in Logan. Um, so I, I would be surprised if it gets back on the schedule on a regular basis. There might be, uh, might be something that pops up here and there, but I don't think it'll happen on a, reg, on, you know, on a yearly thing like BYU and Utah State. All right, Scotty, what you got coming up today? Busy show. Um, David Locke makes his weekly appearance. You know how that usually goes. We don't talk, and he talks a lot. Um, and we'll also have Jay Hill on and uh, talk about the Hell Mary that may have saved their season and they're run at a national championship. And just broke my heart as a former Northern Arizona University lumberjack. Well, let's be honest. Your memories of NAU are pretty vague, I'm sure, for various uh, on, reasons. On purpose. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Scotty, thanks for joining us. Listen, look forward to listening to you in a couple hours. You got it, man. Appreciate it. All right, that's Scott Javard giving us the lowdown on Craig Smith, how he's going to do at Utah, and uh, what's going to happen at Utah State. Obviously, he is the play-by-play voice for Utah State Aggie football and men's basketball. Coming up, should they have 
in-state games. Uh, what do you think about that? Uh, we hit it a little bit in the 8 o'clock hour, 7 o'clock hour, and we'll get to it here in the 8 o'clock hour. Mike Smith, who does the Jazz pre-half and post-game analyst for AT&T Sportsnet, long-time associated with the NBA as a player and as a broadcaster. We'll talk to him uh, at the top of the hour at 9.05. Stay with us, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. John Hartwell, athletic director at Utah State. Knowing that Mark and the University of Utah were talking to some other people, you know, I, I, I don't know that you ever rest easy immediately following the season, but I felt a little bit better about our opportunity to retain Craig. But, uh, you know, Craig and I had a great working relationship and a great friendship, which obviously that will carry on. But it's a little bit of a, of a gut punch if you will, but hey, you know, it's also an opportunity for us. It's an opportunity to continue to build on that success and, you know, it does not take long in this world for many people to start reaching out to you, whether it's, you know, coaches directly, agents, you know, people who you know in the business, so um, great, great interest already. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back in. I need a drink of water. Hold on one second. I got my drink of water. I am good to go. DJ's off today. I'm PK. Thanks for listening to the D- DJ and PK show. And you tell you about Zero Reds. I tell you about Zero Reds all the time. Dirt, dust, dander, and allergens are no match for Zero Reds carpet cleaning. Want the contaminants gone? Well, you call Zero Reds. Right now, just $33 per room to get your carpets Zero Reds clean. But minimum supply, call them at 801-288-9376. Or schedule online. You just search Zero Res Carpet Cleaning, and they will set you up in a manner that you will love. I promise you that. I've had them out to my house many, many times. I just heard Scotty G. He's the voice of the Utah State Aggies on the radio. Men's basketball Craig Smith, uh, is he the right man for the job? Uh, Utah basketball, you know, I can't say it's a sleeping giant because that would imply that it hasn't been a giant. Maybe it's uh, it needs reawakening, I can give you that. But in my mind, yeah, that, that program has already been a giant, and they are a giant. And that's why I appreciate Craig Smith. I thought Craig Smith, to me, was the obvious choice. He would have been my first choice locally here, ahead of the two former players who have not been college head coaches. And they're in the pro ranks. And obviously they want to stay in the pro ranks, and good for them. Speaking of uh, Alex Jensen and Johnny Bryant, uh, I don't think that you need to have somebody in your program I mean, if you can, that's cool. I'm, a, I'm if that, that's the right person for the job. But to me, I think Craig Smith was the guy because I think you need somebody who is going to sell your program, and Utah needs to. They need somebody come in with outrageous enthusiasm. Now he said, "I think we got a good nucleus," <clears throat> and I'm writing about this. They're going to post it here. Our website's back up, right? Yes, it is back up. Twelve eighty the zone dot com. Okay, so I'm about to send it to you at 1280thezone.com. 
website was down for a little bit, but now it's fully functioning again. So you can check out everything that I write there. And then my buddy Josh Furlong over at KSL.com, he posts it on their website. So it's available a couple locations. I'll tweet it out here in a little bit. And one of the things I, I'm, one of the thing I write this week is, oh, my gosh, you listen to Craig Smith speak. And that guy, he is a bundle of enthusiasm. Now, I think he's uh, got a lot of hyperbole, or as I call it, hyperbole, because you look at the fact that he's saying that they've got a good nucleus. Okay, well, if they got a good nucleus, that means Larry Kostowiak was not a good coach because that nucleus was not very good, right? They had a bad season this past year. Sub-500 record. Yeah. So if the nucleus was good, then Larry didn't get nearly enough. Now, ultimately, he's gone, so obviously he didn't get nearly enough. But I believe that Larry was a halfway decent coach. Uh, For whatever reason, players were leaving and all that stuff. But I think that Larry uh, has an opportunity to find himself someplace else, and, and who knows, he can maybe do a good job. And you're looking at Utah State. And they're talking about uh, Tim Miles being a leading candidate. Well, he got let go in Nebraska. He did very well at uh, Colorado State when I was uh, working for the newspaper covering him back then. So he knows the lay of the land for the Mountain West. So if uh, Hartwell decides to go in that direction, I'm fine with that. Because I think you reach you reach a level of uh, where you need some experience. And that's why I thought that Mark Harlan didn't. I think he's doing the right job. I don't care if uh, Smith was the first, second, or third choice. It doesn't really matter in that way. He's the man. He's got the job. So right now he's the only choice. And he has he had incredible success. You cannot argue. And he talked about how he rebuilt programs. And what was that? Uh, what's the first program he was at? May Mayville? Something like that, yeah. yeah. And then – and uh, so he's – He's by his second season. I think uh, South Dakota took by third season, but he got it going. And then Utah State, man, they hit the ground running big time. And in order to recruit right now, exactly what Utah State needs, or Utah I should say, what they need is somebody who's full of passion and enthusiasm, even if it's over the top and is a little bit of just full of it, so to speak. Right now, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. Uh, because they've got to have somebody who can sell that program. So I'm excited for him to see what he can do. Now he's got to hit the recruiting trail. He's got to get some – you got to get dudes, man, particularly in basketball. you got to get – all you need is three or four of them, and away you go. And I can recall when I told the story before, when I was in Vegas, first year conference tournament at the MGM, a – run into somebody that I've known in the Pac-12 for a long time. Utah's down at that point. And Kristobiak has got a, he's got a bad team, uh, right? Didn't, didn't have much talent in the records. I think he had two losing seasons. And then his third season, he went to the NIT. His fourth season, he's going to the Sweet 16. And a guy told me, he said, everybody in this conference is concerned about Utah basketball because we know that they're going to come back. And why they're going to come back is because in Salt Lake City and in the community, Utah basketball matters. And a lot of places in this conference, it doesn't matter nearly as much. But it matters in SLC. And with that type of commitment that they have 
and that type of fan base that they have, that they're going to get it back. And this was when Larry was in his first year. This guy's telling me. This guy's still working in the Pac-12, by the way. So he has been around for probably 20, 25 years in the conference, obviously back when it was Pac-10 and now 12. And he said, yep, we're all I, – I, I don't think he said petrified. I can't remember the verb. Worried, uh, concerned, uh, we're taking note of the program because we know that it's going to be back. And that's the way I feel about with Craig Smith right now. I feel like they're going to be back. And you got to give them a little bit of time because I'm not sure the roster is built to win, especially with uh, Plummer and uh, Allen taking off if they don't come back. And right now it doesn't look like it. Maybe they can change their minds and Craig Smith would welcome them back. And we'll see if a foreign kid or two, they got a couple foreign kids on the roster now, they're supposed to bring in a couple foreign kids. Uh, we'll see if all of those guys are back. It would surprise me if all of them were on the team next year. Uh, so I don't know that the roster is built to compete at the level of the dramatic uh, impact that Craig Smith had in Logan where he makes the NCAA tournament right off the bat. I don't know that that's going to be the case. The point being, you're going to need to give him some time with that in mind. I do think that if you give him some time, second or third year with the transfer portal, you can rebuild a little bit quicker than maybe you could historically, even going back as 10 years when Larry took over. Uh, but I think it's the right hire. I think it's a level of enthusiasm that you need. You fans, are you excited? What What's the phrase, Yuck? Uh How you hanging on? Where are you? How are you hanging on? Where are you? I'm in a <laughs> Scipio right now. I'm a state of confusion right now. All right. But there is no confusion as far as the Jazz. Are they about to go on another one of these humdinger winning streaks? Stay with us. We'll get to that next. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Coach Aaron Roderick, offensive coordinator at BYU. Everybody is curious to know how the emerging talents at quarterback are going. We gave reps to four guys this spring, which is not ideal. When you give reps to four guys, you're sort of at risk of maybe not anybody getting enough reps to know anything. That's the risk of it, but it felt like it was a unique situation where we could spread the reps around this spring without really hurting our development. So that's what I did. Gave them all reps, and we've got a good group. These guys are good players. We're going to continue this competition into fall camp, probably seven to ten days should have a pretty good idea of what direction we're going to go but still need a little more time catch the big show weekdays from two to seven presented by big o tires the team you trust on 97.5 1280 the zone in the zone sports network well I, i think the habits are the same you know um regardless of who's in the game regardless of the score who you're playing and that that's the nature of you know of habits sometimes when you get a lead teams have a tendency to stop sharing the ball quite as much. And that's something I think we, we did a good job of. We kept playing the right way. You know, we kept running back. There were, you know, usually if you let up mentally, you know, you can see it with certain mistakes that jump out. And that, that wasn't the case. And I thought everybody that was in the game was focused on playing defense. That's Quinn Snyder talking about the Jazz as they dispatch the Cleveland Cavaliers 114 to 75. What did we say? That's a 39-point margin of victory, Yuck. Correct. Is that what your math tells us? Yep, 39 points. Yeah, 35 and 11. Now, Cleveland sucks. Let's call it like it is. Alex Sexton and Gar- uh, Garland at guards. Uh, Allen, 
they inquired uh, for uh, in the trade earlier in the season, which is why they bought out Drummond. Drummond going to the Lakers. Let's see what he does here as uh, he gets going. I'm not sure he's going to do a whole lot without LeBron and Anthony Davis, but when they get their guys back, uh, I think he can be a significant addition. Uh, so I asked the question, the Jazz set to go on another winning streak. They got the uh, Grizzlies uh, tomorrow, 6 p.m. That game is going to tip off, right? Uh, 6 o'clock speak- tip, 7 o'clock local time there in Memphis, obviously. Yeah, central time in Memphis there. At the, is it at the FedEx Center? That's where... Uh, FedEx Forum, Mem- I believe, is what it's called. Yeah, Mem- Fe- Federal Express is in Memphis, Tennessee. I used to be in Memphis, Tennessee a fair amount because my wife's grandmother lived across the border in Arkansas and we would go to Memphis to fly in. Uh, so for a good long while, for about a 15-year period, I was going there once or twice a year. Uh, Jonesboro, Arkansas, which is where Arkansas State is, where Blake Anderson, the new Aggie coach, came from. He and I have Jonesboro roots. Who would have thunk it? Uh, but the Jazz, are they ready to roll now? There was that period earlier in the month, started last week of February, where they had lost four out of six, had that bad loss to uh, a couple of bad losses to the Warriors and to the Washington Wizards. I have to see. <coughs> yeah, excuse me, man. But I'm Bless back you. now. Thank you. I appreciate your blessings. Uh, there was nothing I could do about it. DJ's off today, so he couldn't take over for me. So, uh, with that in mind, uh, can they can they can they roll? Can they get going? Can they get going again? I think they can, man. I think they can. Are you in that uh, position to believe, Yock, that they can get rolling again? I think so. Uh, Locke brought it up on his Locked on Jazz podcast. He did a postcast last night. They have seven games still on this schedule down the stretch here against bottom-tier teams, which is what Cleveland is. We're talking like the bottom third of the league. And in his opinion, you should win all of those, and that should add at least seven wins on top of what I think the Jazz right now, they're getting a lot of confidence like they had earlier this year. What was it? Was it, was it 22 or 23 at one point? Oh, you're going to have to make me go into my memory, and then if I start counting, I get to like 16, and then I can't figure it out, and I lose track. (laughs) Regardless, I I think they can get back to winning at a pretty prodigious rate here, and that would be good news for them locking up that number one seed going into the playoffs. Well, I think they're definitely going to get the number one seed. It Uh, looks like a pretty foregone conclusion right now. Yeah, to me... I, I yeah, I think that's the phrase I would use. Foregone conclusion, the number one seed uh, because of the injury factor. Now, I, I maybe it's not a foregone conclusion. Uh, there's still time if they slump and the other teams uh, get in a roll. Denver, Denver, a lot of excitement cir- circulating around the Nuggets right now with what they've got going on. Bringing in Aaron Gordon. Who would have thought Aaron Gordon? would be, uh, well, the big difference. But that's what they're talking about, you know. They're way excited, and they've got some players on that team now. Uh, let's, let's not uh, discount that. Um, but I don't think they've got enough to be the number one seed. Phoenix, nobody really believes in Phoenix to the level that they should because as much as the Jazz haven't proven anything, uh, Phoenix is even less. 
They're even they're they're substantially less as far as that goes. As far as proving something, they just have not proven anything. At least the Jazz have a level of uh, what what is going on as far as proof. If you just want proof, Jazz have more proof than Phoenix. And the Clippers don't seem like that's a, a big priority. And I get it; it shouldn't be. And the, and the Lakers have injuries. Uh, Portland. Uh, I think Portland is a better team than they were earlier in the season, but uh, I don't know that they're going to climb four spots because then you start having to start having to climb a bunch of teams, and that becomes uh, somewhat problematic. Can the Jazz rock? Can they go? I'm not going to go 21 to 22, or I'm hoping Yach right now he's quiet, so I'm hoping he's counting it 22 of uh, 23 to figure out what it was. But it was a phenomenal run. Are you ca- are you currently counting? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Okay, then I should be quiet because I don't want to disrupt you and interrupt your counting. Because oh, anytime count. anybody does that for me, boom, I'm out. But I can't be quiet because this is sports radio, and that doesn't work. We have a dilemma right now. What to do? Hopefully, Yach is better a better man than me, and he can find a way to have concentration with me babbling. DJ does it. Now, he's more experienced than Yach. DJ does it very, very well. Just... A lot of times, he, in fact, most of the time I speak, he's looking at some nerdy stat on the Internet. So he's so conditioned. That's what he does all the time. I wonder if he does it with Honey when she starts going off about what's going to happen today or whatever. Okay, I've got your number. If he started immediately going to great Padre teams and how this Padre team is going to stack up <laughs> to the two Padre teams that went to the World Series. What do you got, Yak? So it was 20 of 21. If you extend it out further, it was 22 of 24. So there you go. All right, so 22 and 2. I'm not going to say they can go 22 and 2, but let's just go 25. We'll make it uh, not that it's an even number, but it's more of a round number. Can they go 20 and 5? Can they go 20 and 5 in the next 25? I I absolutely think they can. Absolutely. Yes. And that's a pretty good run, obviously. Are they good enough to go 20 and 25? Or 20 and, excuse me, 20 and 5, over 25. Hit me up on Twitter. Let me know. Do you think that they can do that? I think they can. I think they're primed for it. We'll get Mike Smith's opinion. Former BYU Cougar, played in the NBA, longtime broadcaster. He's probably been broadcasting uh, in the NBA 25, 30 years as far as that goes. He's been around for a long time. Funny enough, He's, PK, by ahead. the way, on this, 25 games, that's essentially the remaining uh, schedule yeah. the Jazz have. There's 26 technically remaining, right. so there you go. Okay, it's 21 and 5. Can they go 21 and 5? Uh, I think they can. What do you folks think? Let us know. Stay with us. Mike Smith's coming up next, 97.5, 1280 The Zone.